Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by the newest K-6 catechetical program, Christ in Us and Cristo in Nosotros. It sets the standard for faith formation in today's world. Check it out today at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. We think you'll agree that this innovative program will change the future of catechesis. Happy to be here with you again for another episode of Catechesis. Today, we're going to be talking about the new directory for catechesis and what it has to say about the identity of the catechists. We're getting closer to uh, Catechist Sunday, and I thought it'd be very appropriate to talk a little bit about the identity of the catechist a la the new directory. So without further ado, let's just dive right into this topic. Uh, If you don't know, I did write a summary of the new directory with highlights um, and emphases of particular parts. Um, It's a very much a digest of that source book. So definitely want to get the new directory, every catechist direct, or not every catechist maybe, but at least every DRE uh, or coordinator of catechesis should have one. Certainly every pastor should have one. Deacons should have them, uh, but I would strongly encourage catechists to get their own copy of the new directory for catechesis. And then as a companion to that, uh, again, sort of a digest of that important source book, you can check out my uh, highlights and summaries of the new directory for catechesis. You can find that on amazon.com. At any rate, uh, jumping into the topic again, catechist identity. Why are we talking about this right now? Well, as I said at the outset, uh, we're creeping closer to uh, Catechist Sunday in the month of September. Um, that's such an important day every year because it sort of reminds us and recenters us of, on the importance of catechesis, the value of the catechist, and the mission of the catechist. And so I thought what's pertinent to all those things is, again, what the director has to say about the overall identity of the catechist. So let's begin, and there's a really critical paragraph, although there are several paragraphs we could look at in the directory that pertain to identity of catechists. The primary one is paragraph 113. So remember that paragraph 113, which really gives sort of a threefold view of the catechist. First, the catechist is a keeper of the memory of God. The catechist is a keeper of the memory of God. Second, the catechist is a spiritual companion. I don't like the word accompanier, like we don't, I don't even know if that's proper grammar, but I've seen that before too in texts. So I'm not sure. It just doesn't sound right. Uh, this is just my opinion. So I opt instead of a companier for a spiritual companion or just companion. And then finally, a teacher and educator. The catechist is a teacher and educator. So let's kind of break these three things down. And let's start with the keeper of the memory of God. When you hear that, the keeper of the memory of God, it kind of, at least in my mind, it makes me think of the prophets of the Old Testament. It makes me think of Isaiah, Hosea, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. A prophet is for as much as people liken them to biblical uh, soothsayers or fortune tellers. Uh, prophecy really had more to do with being God's mouthpiece, speaking for God, and almost always with the purpose of reminding Israel about its uh, fidelity or lack thereof, and it's usually the latter, 
to God's covenant. And by the way, that lack of fidelity applies to everybody, all Christians, anyone who's ever been uh, in a covenant with the one God. Um, so at any rate, uh, God is faithful. We are not. That's enough said on that on that subject. However, keeper of the memory of God, the prophets of the Old Testament, speaking about for, on behalf of God to encourage Israel to remember what God has done for them, to remember God's fidelity. And even in the midst of suffering and struggle, uh, which depending on who the biblical author was and which prophet we were looking at, oftentimes was ascribed to Israel's lack of faith. So if Israel found itself in a dire situation, well, what precipitated that was lack of fidelity to or infidelity, lack of fidelity to the covenant. Um, but there are, you know, this, that's just a, a sort of a Old Testament way and a particular flavor of Old Testament uh, interpretation and Old Testament prophecy saying, you know, we've done this wrong. We're being punished. This is why. So let's get back on track. Now, that motif is something that can cer certainly apply to any time, to any population, uh, anywhere. Um, you know, kind of we reap what you sow, what goes around comes around. I mean, there's a million sayings for, for what we're talking about here, this sort of circle of justice. However, uh, another primary prophetic motif is God's fidelity in spite of or despite of is probably the, the correct term there of our lack of fidelity. So God is faithful while we are unfaithful. And it's that remembrance that inspires Israel alongside some healthy fear about not wanting to be further subjected to any punishment or find themselves in, in, in a dire situation due to, due to their own sort of missteps and misbehavior. Um, that is what the prophets are trying to do as keepers of the memory of God. And I, you think about catechesis and the catechist and Anne-Marie Mongovan, a number of years back, had a book called The Prophetic Spirit of Catechesis. And I think that's a terrific um, title because it links prophecy and the role of the catechist. And that's what's happening here in the new directory, keepers of the memory of God. To be a catechist is, is a prophetic PRO, prophetic calling. And a calling that uh, doesn't come out of the sky, you know, or in a vacuum. It's a calling that emerges from being baptized into Jesus Christ in a threefold way, priest, prophet, and king. And we hear that in the baptism uh, rite itself. And that prophetic role, again, is, is not so much predicting the future or this is when God's going to come again or any of that business. It has more to do with being God's ambassador here on earth and reminding ourselves first and foremost and others of how good God is, how faithful he is, how merciful he is, but yes, how just he is as well. But, but his faithfulness in particular which hopefully will inspire us once again to turn back if we've strayed um, to be to in, to intensify um, our religious behavior, our faith if it's if it's flagging. Um, it, it's the inspiration, and so catechists like the prophets are meant to inspire people, and they inspire people based on their own testimony of what God has done for them. So that keeper of the memory of God, that first bit of you know, our component of a catechist identity really has to do with a catechist feeling competent, confident, comfortable, those important C words there, 
sharing their own testimony about what God has done in their life, how God, in other words, has been faithful to them uh, despite their own lack of fidelity. Now, this is not a call for catechists to go to confession to their students or to go to confession to adults if you're in adult catechesis. It's more about being able to tell a truthful story about how God has been involved in your life about his own fidelity to you, whether it's through forgiveness you've experienced or blessing you've experienced or even discipline that you've experienced from God. As we, as we recall from a number of letters of St. Paul, but in particular, a letter to the Hebrews, uh, chapters 2 and, and 11, uh, Paul, the, the author talks about the importance of discipline, that God disciplines those who are closest to him. Uh, just like a father or mother might discipline their child, uh, they do it because they love that child and they want to keep that child safe. They want that child to prosper. And prosperity comes with making wise choices, not prosperity necessarily in terms of wealth and success in worldly terms, but prosperity in terms of living a life of value and meaning and a life of service that ennobles and um, encourages uh, the dignity of others and safeguards that, that dignity as well. So being comfortable as a catechist sharing those stories, and I often find with catechists, um, and as with any uh, many, I should say, Catholic adults, uh, either one, they're not really sure if God has really ever been involved in their life in a significant way or a way that they could put their finger on and say, yep, that was uh, God being faithful to me, God showing up when I needed him, God answering a prayer, um, or, you know, God uh, speaking uh, words of chastisement to me. Again, that um, discipline aspect of God the Father. Uh, they don't, either one, they can't identify it or they don't believe it's there, those experiences with God. But after taking some time to kind of reflect on their life, on things they used to call coincidences or accidents or felicitous circumstances, well, you know, how fortunate was I when, and then you fill in the blank. And then you start to ask them, you know, do you think that those events occurred without God, without some involvement? Um, and you start to, it's almost as a work of um, uh replacing language uh, or, or maybe purifying language would be a better way to describe this process of going back into our history, our autobiography, and thinking about those moments uh, where before we'd say those are interesting coincidences or how fortunate was I or whatever, or I can't, you know, how unfortunate. Um, and then saying, look, is it about fortune? Is it about chance? Or is it about a divine hand being involved a hand that wants to raise you up, uh, and sometimes a hand that has to uh, discipline, but mostly a hand that wants to raise you up and um, bring you to that fullness of, of life, as Jesus says in, in John uh, 10, I think it's 10, 10 or 10, 11, I always forget, but uh, that he came to give us life and that we would have it to the fullest life abundantly or abundant living. So that's the first piece of the catechist identity is being those keepers of the memory of God. And I really challenge catechists out there to think about uh, their role in and outside of the classroom. Um, you know, a lot of uh, catechists, catechesis is sort of shifting in many ways today to being more in the home or being more just generally speaking outside of the classroom, being more online, wherever catechesis is taking place, just think about that role of your personal witness and, and being able to share that in an articulate and compelling way to really take some time reflecting on the word of God, reflecting on your life prayerfully and thinking about those moments where things have happened 
that have benefited you or, or have challenged you? And then consider, was this something that God was involved in? And of course, that answer will come to you as we, Jesus says, in the secret of our hearts, as we close the, the door to our bedrooms and we pray to our Father in secret, as Jesus says, uh, that's the beauty of our faith is that it, while it's so communal and public and corporate within the institution of the Catholic Church, it is so necessarily private and personal. And those, when we start to identify in our own autobiography, those moments of God's handiwork, we are then compelled to believe that is the truth. And there's nobody that's going to take that truth from us. And that's that treasure hidden in a field, friends. It's the, it's the gift of faith, the gift of seeing life, uh, not as a series of discord, uncoordinated sort of disparate events, um, you know, sort of things um, at, at the mercy of chance and luck or unluck. Uh, it's more of the providential plan and how that works out step by step, even though we can't see all ends. The second piece here of the catechist identity, uh, the directory mentions, is spiritual companion, accompaniment. I've been writing about accompaniment for probably six years now. Uh, 2016, my first book came out called Becoming a Parish of Mercy. I believe it's still available on Amazon. Um, at any rate, check that out. Um, what's in there and what I'm going to speak to briefly today is just what is accompaniment and how is a catechist a companion? Essentially, accompaniment is how we walk with people before, during, and during their faith journey. So when we meet people, and that's that first sort of step of accompaniment is trying to go out and encounter others, right? Part of the mission of the disciples is to go out into the towns and villages and preach the good news. Well, part of the catechist job is to go out of their comfort zone sometimes <laughs> Uh, maybe out of the lesson plan a little bit, uh, maybe out of the classroom or whatever it is, and to encounter people where they are, uh, to meet them in their lives, uh, to help uh, other people connect uh, life and life's events with faith and, and the mysteries of it. And so to be an accompanier, I, again, I don't like that word, to be a companion, is to be someone who is intentional about fostering relationships with others. And that intentionality can really be broken open into a series of actions and attitudes, actions that uh, and attitudes that help to foster uh, deeper relationships, uh, a deeper sense of trust, um, a deeper sense of respect, and hopefully love. Um, and what are those actions and attitudes? Well, Pope Francis and in, in a number of his homilies and audiences, and he's never done a full-blown series or anything like that on accompaniment, much like uh, St. Pope John Paul II did for Theology of the Body, 500-some uh, homilies he gave. Uh, here we have um, uh, sort of um, more less sort of concerted effort. <laughs> Again, not a series, but you can follow the trail of breadcrumbs that Pope Francis leaves <clears throat> about accompaniment. And he, he kind of hones in on, a, on these particular actions and attitudes, uh, some of them being like going out, I just mentioned, or invitation, welcome service, praying with people, uh, healing slash forgiveness of others, and on and on. And then on the attitude side of accompaniment, again, we're not just functioneers and robots in, in relationships. We don't just do things for and with, or sometimes in spite of uh, people. We, we also relate to them, and that relationship has a affective uh, character to it, and that's our attitude, how we treat you know, our disposition, if you will, towards people and uh, certainly towards ourselves too. And, and particular attitudes Francis folks focuses in on 
our empathy, uh, humility. Uh, again, to draw that distinction, empathy is, is the desire really to be in someone else's shoes, to see the world as they see it, um, to, try to, to try to achieve some common understanding there. Um, humility is this willingness to put yourself underneath, right? Uh, to, to be that servant of the servants. Um, but those are critical attitudes, as well as open-mindedness. Uh, one of the um, images that Francis gave us in Joy of the Gospel uh, to describe the church was open doors, as well as field hospital. And in, in terms of open doors, you know, the church is the people of God, as the Second Vatican Council declared. Um, as much as it is the body of Christ, as much as it is an institution, as much as it is, uh, you know, a sacramental reality on and on, uh, it is the people of God as well. And in that case, the people of God need to ask themselves, am I an open door? What kind of a door am I? Am I closed? Am I locked? Am I an exit? Uh, am I a trap door? Uh, am I a false floor? I mean, what, what am I? Am I trying, am I open? And am I, and I, am I inviting people to encounter Jesus Christ through me in my life? And then this connects very well to that first component of the catechist identity. Do I understand that I, part of my role is to be a keeper of the memory of God. So I have ready a compelling witness to share with others. And the open door piece or the companion piece is I really want to share that witness. You know, I want to be open. I want to be a companion. So these, all these aspects of the catechist identity really hinge on catechist desire to want to be these things, to be more of the prophet, to be more of the companion. And you know what? We don't always desire the things we should desire. So my, my prayer and my suggestion and prayer is that you pray to desire to desire it, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I don't have the desire, right? So I can't pray with that desire. So I need to pray for that desire. So in other words, I need to pray that I desire to desire it or even to desire to desire the desire. Yeah, that's that for a sentence. Finally, teacher and educator. Catechists, uh, they're not just witnesses, as important as that is. And I, I'm always, every time I say witness and teacher in the same sentence, my mind goes back to St. Paul VI and Evangelina Ziandi, that wonderful document on evangelization in the modern world. And he says, you know, as much as we need teachers, we need witnesses. People listen to witnesses before they listen to teachers. If they listen to teachers, it's because they're also witnesses. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful, you know, sort of emphasis that we, uh, what, what the directory here is trying to elaborate on. We have to be both the prophet and the teacher. In this case, uh, teachers, I want to go to kind of a um, models of, of, or philosophies maybe is a better word, of teaching. So, and they, this all revolves around Latin words, educare and educare. And it's really a changing of a letter. <laughs> so in, in the former, it's this idea of uh, teaching this, this uh, pulling out of somebody what's in there, drawing forth the knowledge and intuition, uh, helping, helping people sort of think for themselves, uh, helping people analyze situations, helping people make deductions, helping people utilize their own reason and their senses, and in this case, their faith as well, to draw conclusions about their life. Uh, the other side of it, the, that educare, is this idea of uh, imparting to, you know, we're, we're going to deposit all this knowledge and information into people and almost like a, you know, this banking style of education, I'm going to make a deposit in the bank here. And now you have the money I deposited. So your wealth is increased. Uh, it's really St. Augustine opted for the former and he was a wonderful catechist. 
uh, wrote a wonderful uh, tract on uh, how to catechize those who are just beginners in the faith. Catechism de Rudibus was the title of his tract, but um, how what, what you need to be attentive to and sort of bringing people along in, in growth and faith. And I, I have to agree with him, not just because he's St. Augustine, but because of my own experience of 20 plus years in catechesis, um, a lot of that spent with adults. Um, but I, I think uh, people learn better when they can discover for themselves, uh, though we facilitate as teachers that, that discovery process, but discovery for themselves, you know, the, the solution or the answer, or in this case, the insight. We don't talk about solutions and answers when we talk about the faith. Why? Because the faith is characterized by mystery and not mystery in the sense that it's so confounding, but mystery in the sense that it is, it is by definition not comprehensible. We can have insights about our faith. We can reason about our faith. We can have a clear picture of our faith. We believe that Jesus Christ is the fullness of the revelation of God. So we have the fullness of the faith. But to say that with our human brains, we're able to comprehend all ends of that is of that mystery is, is not only not possible, uh, it's foolish and uh, it's, it's prideful. So that's what is meant by mystery. So I talk about insights a lot when I talk about teaching the faith and when, you know, the light bulb, that metaphorical light bulb going off over somebody's head when they have the idea, they get the, they finally get it. That's what it is. It's an insight. So the teacher and educator piece, and, and all of this is to say, to tie it back to the directory, to enter and to stay sort of true to that educare way of teaching, sort of drawing out the knowledge and, and wisdom through a, a, a kind of a, an accompaniment process of discovery, right? Again, we're companions as catechists, um, is to connect it with the uh, methods of, of catechesis that we find in every single directory. We've had three general directories now, and it's the same in all three, that we have a deductive approach, and there's also inductive approach. And I would say that educare model hinges a little more on the inductive, this idea of intuition and experience and putting the pieces together and being more of a facilitator uh, to help people do that. Um, so that's what I wanted to say about the identity of the catechist today as we approach Catechetical Sunday. And we keep in mind not only the wisdom of the directory about catechist identity, which I, I just love. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's a wonderful document. Um, it, it Sometimes this is going to sound silly. There have been church documents in, my, in the past reading where they've, they've literally brought me to tears because they're so beautiful. And what they have to say is so true. And truth speaks to us and it moves us. And the council documents, Second Vatican Council, that was another uh, series of documents that moved me in that way. This directory moves me in that way. Uh, Pope Francis' uh, apostolic exhortations, Joy of the Gospel, Morris Letizia, have all similarly moved me like that. Um, it's a wonderful combination of, of poetry uh, as well as great instruction and guidance. But this is what we have. We have Catechist as the keeper of the memory of God, spiritual companion, teacher, and educator. I just want to take the last moment to, uh, before we end with a blessing, thank everybody involved out there in catechesis, our DREs, our catechists, our parents, and those be being catechized, which guess what? Is me too and you. We are disciples. Disciple literally means to be under instruction. We are never done being instructed. So let's just all continue to submit to that process, submit to the Lord, allow him to guide our lives. 
and allow us to, to celebrate um, this wonderful prophetic calling of catechesis. So in that spirit, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, I want to thank you for all the catechists and DREs and moms and dads and everyone who's ever participated in that role with any intention to remind people of your fidelity and of your goodness and mercy. Uh, I ask you to bless them, Lord, uh, and I ask you to, to lift up their hearts and to give them great peace and great joy as we move through the catechetical year. When we ask this through Christ, O Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. This has been another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback. I'll chat with you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Christo and Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.